Beamer Tire and Auto Repair, now with three locations across the triad in High Point, Greensboro, and our new location in Kernersville. Beamer Tire and Auto offers full-service auto repair, all tire brands, free alignment checks, oil changes, and more. In Kernersville, check out the no-appointment-needed Quick Lube Shop. Check out their thousands of five-star ratings via Google and Yelp. They care because they know that you can go anywhere. So try a shop with a beating heart, not a bottom line. Beamer Tire and Auto Repair. Visit us on Facebook or at BeamerTire.com. In professional sports, a franchise player is an athlete who is not simply the best player on their team, but one that the team can build their franchise around for the foreseeable future. Happy Friday. You're in the huddle with the franchise players, your unfiltered source for truth, justice, and triad sports. I'm JP Mundy, along with my tag team partner, the mayor of Danville, Virginia, and the future starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, Ryan Stone. What's up, buddy? What's up, man? Well, we were off last week, and of course, <laughs> of course, the news starts to break. But thankfully, it's only gotten juicier and juicier as we've waited patiently for for today. And uh, I also wanted before we get started, because w- we are going to talk about Mr. Mayfield here shortly. But um, for those of you who missed last night's schedule reveal reveal for high school football, tune in to the rundown spot tomorrow on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Um, I think that's at 10. Um and our illustrious producer, Desmond Johnson, is going to rerun it for everybody. So there's that. And then tomorrow night, the Cobras, your eight and three first place playoff bound Cobras um, are traveling to Jacksonville for a seven o'clock game against the Sharks. We'll have that for you as well on Tobacco Road Sports Radio after a big 61 36 win over Columbus. Yeah, it's a, it's a big game for. Uh... For the Cobras, I mean, they're you know they're well ahead of Jacksonville in the standings, but it's a chance to further strengthen that grip atop the standings, and it's also a chance to go and beat Arvell Nelson after he came in and gave the Cobras their first loss of the season. Uh, the last time these two teams met, it's a chance for uh, for Malik Willis to get a little payback on his former team. They're not Malik Willis, I'm Malik Henry. Yeah. Wow, that'd be cool if they if we had Malik Willis too, but um. <laughs> No, but, you know, Malik did a great job coming in in a difficult situation last week, and all he did was toss six touchdowns, you know. Um, So four of them to to DJ Myers, um, and DJ also had a pick six, a gorgeous pick six. Um, He had two interceptions, as a matter of fact. So just a a great season, keeps on rolling. Um, Hopefully no more injuries. Hopefully we're done with those. But uh, the depth that we've been hyping all year has certainly paid off for the Cobras. Now to the team in Charlotte. If Unless you've been living under a rock or just don't care about the NFL, Baker Mayfield is a Carolina Panther. Um, yep. After apparently 
these talks had been going on for months. They finally got the money right, and they ended up, Panthers did, uh, giving up a future fourth or fifth round pick for the number one overall pick in the 2018 draft. That leaves the Carolina quarterback room with two of the top three quarterbacks in the 2018 draft. So what does that make the Panthers now, Ryan? Um, I think it makes them uh, makes them more viable in the uh, in the NFC South. I mean, I think uh, they're they're right in the mix there. I think with the Saints potentially, um, you know, a lot of the Saints is going to depend on what James can do and what Dennis Allen does in his first year as coach. Uh, they're right there. In you know, in position potentially to possibly maybe finish second in the end out and maybe get themselves possibly into one of the final playoff spots with the expanded playoffs now. I mean, you're going to probably have a team that gets in with eight wins at eight nine. So I mean, I think the Panthers maybe have a chance at that with that uh, with that defense. Obviously, the big question is going to be can Christian McCaffrey stay healthy still, and that's the huge thing. But I mean, I think this was a smart this this was a move for the Panthers that made a ton of sense. He's He's only under contract for one year, and you're only paying him six and a half million dollars. So there's really there's really no reason not to like taking this chance if you're the Panthers if you're a Panthers fan. Yeah, I mean it, it is a chance. It's a risk, and uh, but this time it's a risk that doesn't cost them anything. Um, yeah. and, and I think the big thing is there, there's two things that are bothering me a little bit. Number one is the fact that you know what does success look like for Carolina? Well, they were five and twelve. Yep. So uh, eight and nine is success. Yeah, I would agree. Okay, yeah, eight yeah. eight nine is success, and I and and there are there are Panthers fans who we know who think that division titles and contending for a division title is is success, and that's the standard. No, it is not the standard in Carolina. It's been. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's been how many years since they won a division title? Yeah, it's you know, they've had really two great years in in franchise history um, and then some really, really terrible years. So but eight and nine is saves a lot of people's jobs, I think. But I also think that what what does Mayfield, even if Baker Mayfield is the quarterback and he's healthy, um, we're assuming he wins the quarterback battle, by the way. Um, But if if. Christian McCaffrey is not healthy. You're looking at five and twelve again. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it, he's such a huge part of the offense, and we've already seen how where where Baker is at his best when he was with the Browns, and that was when they were a run first football team with Nick Chubb. Um, so they need they for Baker to be his best, they need to be able to run the ball. So I mean, they need. They need Christian McCaffrey at his best. And honestly, it probably means they need Chuba Hubbard to be pretty good too uh, so that they can, you know, afford to, to give McCaffrey some plays off here and there to try to keep him healthy. If Chuba Hubbard can be a big contributor this year, he's really a, a big steal for the Panthers when you look at how they've drafted over the past three years. You know, the other thing that needs to happen is is that they everybody keeps saying that the offensive line has been upgraded and it's all been addressed. I mean, I, I hope so because that's going to be the key. 
health and an offensive line that can withstand the pass rush because you don't want Baker gambling too much. He's an interception machine. We, I mean, people say that, but I mean, his worst year, he threw what 13 interceptions. Yeah. He's not, I don't, I wouldn't consider him an interception machine. Like I, I mean, I, you know, he, he can be, have a turnover problem at times, but I wouldn't consider him an interception machine. I, the biggest concern with Baker at times is his height because yes, balls get batted down uh, at the line, and that can that can lead to you know inadvertent interceptions and things like that. So I think that's going to have to be an adjustment as well uh, in terms of their scheme because you have to give him the opportunities and the chance to throw the football, and that, that's a learning curve uh, in that regard. I I will say that for the first time in a long time, I am looking forward to, you know, watching the Carolina Panthers play because of the just because this offensive coordinator, even though he may not have loved Baker coming out in 2018, you know, I'm excited to see what this this offense can do. I don't know if they've got enough pieces yet to fully run what he wants to run. But, you know, it can be exciting. But, man, that's the exact opposite of what this offense has been for a long, long time. Yeah. I mean, it, hadn't, it hasn't really been exciting since Cam was Cam Newton was healthy. So, I mean, that's, that's, been, that's been years now. So, uh, they do – I mean, like I said, I think they have a chance to, to potentially win, win eight games or so, get themselves into the mix – for the uh, for the postseason, which I you know I think that's a that's a, a success for a young football team. I mean they are they are young in most areas, so I think uh, getting Baker for relatively nothing uh, it makes sense. You know, now if we we've talked, we're talking about best case scenarios. Let's go the other d- direction because I am who I am. If they start Baker and they go zero and three to start the year. Are we done with the Matt Rule experience? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, Matt Rule, I don't think, can afford a slow start. Um, it might not be 0-3, uh, but I, he, if they're not in contention you know, midway through the season, week eight, week nine, it, it might be – might be time to give give somebody else a chance if, if you're the Panthers because it just uh, it just at this point hasn't worked um, and we'll see what he can do this year. Uh, it's it's going to be an interesting quarterback room because you've obviously got Baker and Sam Darnold who are going to be competing with each other and then you're going to have Matt Corral under that. So that's going to be kind of interesting to see how that plays out too. And Matt Corral's the guy that I personally want to see play. Um, and I, I will actually pay attention. I'll actually pay attention to the preseason games when he gets his his reps because you know that coming off a torn labrum, Baker's not going to have a lot of preseason game snaps in full contact. No, you wouldn't think so. Yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be a good bit of Darnold, but an awful yeah, lot of, of of Matt Corral, and I'm here for it because he was trained by our uh, arguably one of the best offensive minds in college football, which is Lane Kiffin. Yep. So I'm 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 excited to look for that, and you know I haven't paid attention 
a lot to the Panthers since around 1998. And I'll tell you why. And then I know now that we've got a local show and everything like that, we're, and I need to be up on the Panthers and be paying attention. And I want them to have success, you know, for our listeners, for their fans locally. They do have a bunch of fa- a generation of fans now or two. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, as a Steelers fan, I was trying to adapt them because I lived in Charlotte. I My office was a block over from the stadium. I watched it be built. I sat in the rain at Clemson to watch them get destroyed in a game. You know, I, you know, I invested some in, in these Panthers, and they accidentally went to that NFC uh, – they went to the NFC championship game. Yeah. Back, the second season second and season. I knew it was the worst thing that would ever happen to this franchise and it was because the next season I think they went one and 15 and nobody understood yeah. and they yeah. said why, why aren't we in the Super Bowl again and it's and argue fan bases are largely fickle anyway it it, it yeah it, it was not a good scene and I gave up but not anymore you've got Baker who is I am eternally grateful for killing Ohio State um, back in his, I think it was senior season, right? Yeah, when he, uh, you talking about when he stuck the, stuck the flag. Yes, the when field. he planted the flag. Yes, I'll always, I'll always be grateful for that. Um, and then you've got Matt Corral, who is just, you know, no risk it, no biscuit. He's a good quarterback. Is he a pro quarterback? I don't know, but I want to see him play. Yeah, I mean, I think. It'll be interesting in the preseason. I think that's for sure. Uh, it'll be it's going to be kind of an interesting preseason in terms of the rookie quarterbacks because we didn't really have anybody that like we had one quarterback. We had one go in the first round in Kenny Pickett. So most of them are not going to start. Kenny Pickett's literally the only one that might be in the mix to start as rookie. Maybe man, that and you know I I look at and that I look at my people that I follow for the Steelers and they keep saying that it looks like it's Trubisky's job, which is, you know, that's fine. They're going to be terrible anyway. I don't but, think they're going to be terrible. You said that the other day. I mean, I think their, their run game and their defense will keep them in games. Uh, and that, that division got worse. I feel like now if the division did get worse, you know, that is a wild card and it's something we haven't talked about yet. Um, you know, the wild card throughout the league is what are some of these, what happens in New Orleans with Jameis running the show with the new coach? What happens yeah. in San Francisco? Well, what happens in Cleveland? Like, how long is Deshaun Watson suspended? Right. I, I mean, Cleveland called me earlier today to come in for a tryout. I am busy. Um, yeah. I cannot make it. But, you know, they're, they're, it's going to be an interesting season. And, um, like I said, for the folks who didn't tune in last night, football season has started. Yes. I know it's I know it's July. Uh, we're done. Ryan and I decided a couple weeks ago that we're done. So we're we're going to be we're going to start going heavy on football. You know, so the Braves might not uh, the Braves aren't as good as the Mets, and my Reds are terrible. We're done. <laughs> we're not talking Wimbledon. So welcome to football season. However, we need to take a break, and when we come back. There was some other news that came out <laughs> late last week, and I want to talk a little bit about conference realignment and the sports panic it has caused over the last six, seven days when we come back <laughs> franchise players. In professional sports, 
A franchise player is an athlete who is not simply the best player on their team, but one that the team can build their franchise around for the foreseeable future. Mr. Green. Welcome back into the huddle with the franchise players. Brian Stone, I'm JP Mundy. Well... The Big Ten, sir, yeah. got bigger. And whether people want to hear this or not, we are in, or at least starting in 2024 and 2025, we are no longer looking at a Power 5 scenario. We're looking at a Power 2 scenario. And yeah. I really don't – it really doesn't bother me all that much. I don't know what are you what are you thinking so so far about the move of USC and UCLA over to the Big Ten. My only thing, like, how are they? How are we going to figure out conference champions if we're going to get to these twenty four team power leagues that everybody's talking about? Like, there is no good way to figure out the actual conference champion because you can't play enough games against. Like, just doesn't that does not make sense to me. The only way that I can see this working is there's going to be a severe reconfiguring of the bowl structure, which is another reason why I love this. Because every year people talk about there's too many bowls, and I'm shouting from the rooftops, no, 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 add, add more. Because I like college football. So, <laughs> I like college football. Well, yeah, now nah, nah, I don't want to watch four and seven teams play one another in a bowl game. That's what you're going to get. Yeah, more. No, 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 no. If you've got a winning record or if you're six and six or what at, at the very least, I, I, I love the idea of more football because I'm fine, I love. I'm fine with the teams that are at least six and six getting yeah. to a bowl. I'm fine with that. But I think you can tie in some of those. So if you get a. Say you've got a – how many teams are in the Big Ten now? 16? There will 18? Be, there will be 16. How many will be in the SEC? 16 also. 16 also? Yeah. So you can, you know, put those in divisions or whatever you want to do. You can have two – you can actually have conference playoffs, a max of two that, rounds. I mean, that, now that actually would make sense. If you, you know, if you've got 24 teams and you split it up to four different – divisions i mean my finals and championship that would actually yeah that would work like having the you know the, the sec the semifinals and one of them be like but one of them be the independence bowl or whatever this, it is if this happens though what you're saying it basically means we're done like with the, the buy games like it basically means you're gonna play because they're not they're not going to put on but so many more game, football games on these kids. So you're probably looking at shortening the season, I would imagine, to like 10 games as opposed to 12. No, I, I think they will. I think what they'll do is they'll go, um, they can make it 10 and a bye. Or, not, excuse me, excuse me, 10 and a bye game. But, but that, that puts you up. If you're one of these teams that's in this conference and you make the college football playoff and you go – and this is as the college football playoff is currently constructed. This is not if it expands. Sure. If you, 
can get bigger. So you're, you're already talking about 11 games. Then you're talking about getting to 13 by the time you get through the conference. Then you're talking about getting up to 15 games. You're almost at an NFL regular season at that point. Right. That's I don't know if that I don't, I don't know. That's I, I think you're going to have to reconfigure, obviously, the college football playoff. But I do think that it would be cool in one essence, speaking of, say, the big say it was the Big Ten West. Yeah. And USC got good again. You know, if they made it all the way to they won their division and then Ohio State won their division, but nobody from the West played anybody from the East all year long. I think that's good. You're having the best your best player from your best team from the East played the best from the other division. I think that's cool. And you avoid the scenario like what happens so often in the SEC where, you know, you've got teams playing one another who have in the postseason who have already played one another. But I, I, I don't have a problem with that. And I think you and I have talked about this before. I, I love the fact that some of these smaller conferences like the Sun Belt. Yeah. The Sun Belt added their teams th- this year. They've added JMU. And if you look at their map and their schedules for this coming season, I'm going to watch a lot of Sun Belt football because it's going to be fun. Yeah. There's like they added some, they added quality teams. Like they added JMU and Marshall, and I'm blanking on who else, but there's somebody else they added. Southern Miss, maybe, I want to say. It may, yeah, it may have been, but you know, that's, that's entertaining football and it's yeah. the same thing in the Mac. Yeah. You know, th- th- these, these smaller conferences, what they call the mid majors, whatever went in terms of football is, is good, compelling football, which brings me to the biggest point of contention I've got with some folks who are hanging on and clutching pearls at, you know, what is the ACC going to look like? And I think the ACC is number one, feeling the results of chasing football of a basketball conference chasing football money. And yep. and secondly, they if they can be okay with being not one of the power two, you know, letting the dream of getting Notre Dame full time go, and just be you know standing alongside whatever happens of the Big Twelve or Pac Ten or whatever. Yeah, I think that it could be very, it could be a very good conference. It could. I think the thing with that is you can't, you can't afford to lose very much to the power two. That's the only, that's the only thing. You just can't afford to lose like Clemson and Florida State, otherwise, or my and Miami, otherwise, like, like who are we really talking about in football? <laughs> like, well, I I think when you talk when. If you're looking at who they're gonna, who people would take, the Big Ten is going to take the national brands, yeah. and there, so it's going to be Duke in North Carolina. Yeah, and and folks, if you're listening, if you know, if you don't think, folks listening, if you, if you don't think that these college presidents in the ACC haven't already talked to these conference representatives from these conferences, you're fooling yourself. Yeah. The I mean, ACC is in a, is mired in a $19 million. They're $19 million a year behind 
the SEC and Big Ten in terms of t- TV deal payouts. Yep. It's it's bad, and they are locked in right now. And ESPN is under no, you know, that they love the deal because it's friendly to and to the network. So yes, Duke and Carolina would seriously think about moving to the Big Ten because it would their job. The presidents of these universities, it's their jobs to increase the revenue at those schools and make their schools better and and keep them in the limelight. Well, you can do that at Duke and North Carolina and maybe Virginia by going to the Big Ten. Now, here's one of the here's where your problems start. The North Carolina legislature, and I know you're from Virginia, but the North Carolina legislature is very, very strange. Yeah, no question. And politically, it's a disaster if Duke and Carolina, especially North Carolina, goes anywhere without North Carolina State. Here's the problem. North Carolina is a national brand. Duke is a national brand. Yep. I'm sorry, Woofies. I'm sorry, Clemson Tigers. Clemson, you are not. I think Clemson, Clemson has Clemson in football has it's it's new. So it's, it's a new and it's borderline national. But yeah. we're talking about the, the you know people who have Clemson's kind of a squatter compared to Duke and Carolina, Michigan and UCLA and USC. I mean, Clemson's new money. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think you can make the case at this point. Clemson is more of a national brand than UCLA. Right now. Like, UCLA has been so irrelevant in football for so long, and they have, you know, they've had a, a, a nice little run here recently, again, in basketball, but it's not what, uh, it's not what it was. So now, yeah, I think you but, can make the case but you see, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It would take, you know, this all started just because the caretakers of the USC and UCLA f- football programs didn't do their jobs. You know, yeah. if if USC was still at a Pete Carroll level, this doesn't happen. And if Clay Helton, you know, wasn't the coach at UCLA still, you know, I don't, I'm, I think UCLA would be in a much better pra- place. But I really, really think that the ACC is going to lose some names. Um, and I think the worst thing that they could do right now, and I don't know, and I, and I don't even see how they could do it, is try to keep up with the Joneses and start adding just to add schools. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to. I think you have to. You have to be aggressive, but you also have to be smart about what you go after and who you pursue. Like. There is no value to adding like a West Virginia at this point. Ten years ago, there was there might have been value to adding West Virginia. Uh, there's no value to add them. I mean, there's I, I don't really know who you would add um, other than trying to poach teams from the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve. And at this point, that might not be in the ACC or any of those conferences necessarily best interests to work against each other like that. Yeah, and and what folks don't really want to understand is from a national branding standpoint, if 
I know what's in the news right now is that it's potentially adding three teams or they're exploring some partnering on ESPN with three Pac-12 teams. I'm guessing it's Oregon, Washington, without it in front of me, it's Oregon and Washington and probably somebody else. You're talking about the Big 12? Yeah. The Big 12 12 actually reached out to, I think it was six schools. Right, but the the, the story on Thursday, it was that the ACC – uh, okay. Is establishing is talking about perhaps a partnership and I guess making their TV deal a little bit more palatable. But my, my thing is this: people are like, "Oh, now, you, er, now, the, now if you get Oregon, Oregon's worth adding." I will say, I'd say uh, a, a, absolutely. But if you are adding, thinking that you were going to get on the same playing field of what the what the SEC and Big Ten are both going to look like in the next two years, that's that's not possible. It's you're not it. you're Dang. not adding Oregon. I'm just throwing these out. You're not adding Oregon, Washington, and Arizona, or Oregon, Oklahoma State, and Arizona State, or whatever it is, and still going to be on the same playing field as the Big Ten or SEC. You're just not. No, you can't because I mean, look at the brands <laughs> like the SEC: Alabama, Georgia, LSU. Texas, Oklahoma, uh, the Big Ten, Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin, USC. Like they're just potentially maybe Notre Dame at some point. I just you just can't. It's impossible to get on that level at this point. Right, and I don't, and I think you can be successful and not be on that level. I mean, I just don't think it would just be. Um, I, I don't know. It, it I, now you can try and land Notre Dame, but I at this point, I think that the ACC would have to leverage its entire future against against having Notre Dame. And ladies and gentlemen, why would Notre Dame want to be in a conference that may not have Duke or North Carolina? Yeah, I don't. It doesn't make sense. I, it it doesn't make any sense. And there's, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because you know potentially nothing could happen. But the Pac-12 needs something to happen. Um, the Big 12 needs something to happen, and they are both both those conferences are going to act aggressively. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the ACC now. But right now, they're just in a dire financial situation of its own making. When we look, let's let's take a break. But when I come back, I want to keep on this topic. But I, I want to, you know. Why don't we go ahead and fix it? All we've talked about so far with this is, is, is problems. We are going to complete the we're going to we're going to complete these these new conferences. All right. Okay. Can you do that? Do you think you can do that? Yeah, I think so. All right. Don't put Virginia Tech in the Big Ten. Okay. Anyway, look, we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to franchise players on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. In professional sports. A franchise player is an athlete who is not simply the best player on their team, but one that the team can build their franchise around for the foreseeable future. Back here on franchise players so we've added UC- USC UCLA to the Big Ten 
Yep. Oklahoma and Texas. Whew. To the SEC. Take a look at what's left on the buffet table in the remaining three quote-unquote Power Five conferences. I'm going to let you take three teams to round out the Big Ten. Who are you taking? Three. Three teams to round out the Big Ten. Um, trying to think who uh, – Oregon, I think, wants to be in the Big Ten from what I've read. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I'd take Oregon. Um, well, I, the question I debate here is do you stay football or do you go some basketball too? Because that's like – I could easily say – well, I'm going forward if I say this because I could easily say Oregon, Kansas, Duke, North Carolina for the Big Ten. And like – but that's mostly basketball, obviously. So, but I, don't- but I, th- I think no, I think we got to look at it and from an all sports, from an all sports and branding, and branding standpoint, that's not a bad list that you just put out. Yeah, I mean, I, that that that's pretty much that would that's what I would do with the Big Ten. Those would, I I go four, and it would be those four: Oregon, Oregon, Kansas, Kansas. Duke, and UNC. I too take Kansas and I take because that there'll be a power in basketball and they'll also be everybody needs a, a good human bye week in football <laughs> and with the extra money they could probably improve some facilities over there right football yeah. wise you know you maybe you get but I, I take Duke Carolina Kansas and no matter where I put Duke or where I put Carolina, the other is coming with them. Yeah. You have to have that. And if you're taking four big 10 wise, are we going to agree on something? It sounds like it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it makes the most sense how, all right. Now it gets trickier in the sec. And let me, let me tell you who I'm taking for the sec. Okay. I want Florida, Miami, and Clemson. Florida State, Miami, and Clemson? I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Yeah, talking I, about I would, the Knowles. And, and, I'd, add a, I'd add a fourth one. I, I, okay, I, that's where, I, that's where I'm, I'm missing, and I, I'm wondering if you're going to say the same one I'm thinking of. Go ahead. Oklahoma State would be my fourth one. I'm going to go – I'm really checking outside for locusts. I'm really <laughs> – that means that means you restore not only do you have the Red River shootout yep in the SEC that 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 gives you bedlam yep and Oklahoma states they've been down a little in basketball but they're usually a solid basketball team too i mean they all were, they got a solid tradition yeah I um mean, and keep, for those getting, of you who are saying that the Oklahoma state doesn't have a national brand um, my partner here worked in Oklahoma. <laughs> I don't have a national brand, but they have a following and they've got money. It's they all it's built on money. oil money, right? T Boone yeah, Pickens. That's exactly right. So I mean they and they have the facilities, like honestly, to compete in the SEC. So I mean, honestly, to me, their facilities are better than Oklahoma's, from what I've seen. Do we now the question with the with say adding 
Oklahoma State instead of somebody out further west? I don't like. I don't think the there's SEC, anything out there. Yeah, the SEC doesn't really need to care about grabbing a market either. Like, there, the SEC is not really about markets. Like, everybody keeps talking about the LA thing with USC and UCLA, and I get it, but the SEC they don't really have any like Nashville and Atlanta, and I, I that's like that's kind of it. You don't uh, the number one college now. Uh, now the other, you know, one thing that we haven't talked about. The only team that I would swap out Oklahoma State for would be Louisville, but Oklahoma State adds more, I think, in Louisville. The problem is, is that the number one bas- college basketball market in America is Louisville. That's true, and it would be enticing for the SEC to have that the Louisville Kentucky rivalry. So oh, I, w- I would Louisville and Kentucky want to be in the same conference that <laughs> like that's Pro- probably not. But I, you know, I don't think the other thing is, is that the big 12, if it can suck up to, if it can suck up to Oklahoma state enough, the big, uh, they could be the cornerstone of that next level conference. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying is that, all right, the Big 12 has been poached. The Pac-12 has been poached. They could be, they can take that oil money and be the king of that, you know, that next level. That they could. I mean, they already, I I was looking at, uh, I saw one of the first college football preview magazines yesterday, and uh, Oklahoma State is actually picked to win the Big 12 this year over Oklahoma. So, they're. I mean, they're right. They're already kind of, they've already kind of been, Trajecting up in football the last ten years or so, so I mean they they are they are in position to to be the team that kind of takes over. And I think what happens then, and, and people and people again are going to wonder, but with the West Virginias and the North Carolina states of the world, why wouldn't you have North Carolina State moving to the SEC? We're talking about the SEC has to want your school. Yes. The last two schools that the SEC deemed to add (laughs) were Oklahoma and Texas. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't get much bigger than that brand-wise, honestly. And this is where I have to remind people, Des, it's not about what's being done on the field. It's about stature, marketing, and branding. Yeah. Think about the think about the schools that you see all on a, on a college football Saturday. Log on to Twitter and see who people are talking about nationally on a national level. The Nutcase yep. fan base, my beloved Vols, Vol Twitter is national. FSU Twitter is oh, national. Yeah. <laughs> all right, it's a big deal. Okay, the ACC experiment with them in Miami didn't work out. But Miami to have yeah, that right. town to to have Miami in the SEC that is a viable geographic entity. Yeah, it's, I mean Miami is a national brand. Like they they are a big brand. And so I I, I just that's why and we can we talked about this on our live franchise players last week. I think we talked about the. 
you know, the, the people talk about academics and all that kind of stuff. What we're talking about with the Big Ten, you know, they're adding, you know, schools that academics respect. Um, because, you know, and again, my brother, you know, my brother, his partner are uh, both professors at the University of Oregon. Yep. And when these professors, when academics talk about different schools, you know, such and such is a Big Ten school, such and such is an Ivy League school. You know, that happens a lot. Nobody ever says uh, such and such is an SEC school when they're talking about somebody's academics. No. Okay. I mean, the no. only and all, about academically is Vanderbilt in the SEC. Right. And the, and the ACC, too. All right. Yeah, they, so that's well, not what. And, and you, so you've got to get we've got to get away from that mindset of this prestige. And you've got to start thinking about, well, what does that leave us? And I guess that's what we're going to find out. If anyone exits, what does that leave Virginia, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech? You know, yeah, Georgia Tech's not going to the SEC. No, they've already got Georgia. That's not going to happen. And that, that rivalry is not enticing enough to keep intact. No, not at all. And, you know, it's it's just it, it's going to but I, I maintain and I, hopefully I'm right that the ACC can still be a good conference, a very good conference, as long as it doesn't keep on chasing at unattainable, unattainable goals. They can have, they can be a good football and a good basketball conference without being a power, you know, the, or at the top of the power chain, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So now that we have finished fixing college football or college sports, I know, you know, you don't have anything to wager on, do you? Not really. I did uh did bet a little NBA summer league the other night, but uh, not doing it consistently. Ladies and gentlemen, that's where we are. <laughs> My and Stone that. is that's why it's football season now, guys, because Stone <laughs> is betting summer league. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! A little baseball and golf and tennis down every once in a while, but not yeah. There's just not much to. Uh, I meant to say earlier, um, the Panthers' win total though for the season, depending on where you look, it's either five and a half or six. Oh, you like, might jump I like, that. I like the over there, and I think it's going to go up at some point. So, I, it, like I said, it, it's very dependent on Christian McCaffrey, but. If he is healthy enough for most of the season, I do feel like they they they're a seven to nine win team. I feel like, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I'm not all the way on with Dan Orlovsky saying that the Panthers with 2020 Baker make the playoffs, but I, I still think they can win six games. Um, yeah. I got a Gatorade shower. Okay. Thursday was the 26th anniversary of one of the most pivotal moments in all of sports entertainment history, mm. Bash at the Beach 1996, oh. when Hulk Hogan turned on all the little Hulksters. Those <laughs> of you who had been saying your prayers and taking your vitamins since 1983 were betrayed when he turned on Randy Savage, dropped yeah. the leg, and formed the NWO as the elusive third man. I like so, that you said 
I like that you said vitamins and not what it really was that he was taking. Well, yeah, yeah. But he was saying, take, say your prayers, take your vitamins, all the little Hulk, Hulksters. And he betrayed us all. That was the that was Tony Schiavone's finest moment as a wrestling announcer. As he signed off that pay-per-view, Hulk Hogan, you can go to hell. It was beautiful. It was compelling TV. And I'm probably going to watch it again this weekend as I do every year. And I'm going to give out a hater aid shower. Okay. Can you do this without laughing? I don't know. I'm going to laugh so it, pretty hard. Yeah, I don't know. R- Rafael Nadal, he's a, he's a tennis player, apparently. Yes. He had to pull out of his semifinal match with Nick Kyrgios in Wimbledon. Wimbledon's the big tournament over in uh, England. Something that they played on a lawn or something. That would be correct. Yeah. And tennis purists are just very upset because of his emotional, continued emotional outbursts. Well, you're talking about, you're talking about Nick, uh, Nick, uh, what's his name? Curios. Curios. Okay. Yes. I thought, okay. I didn't think you said that. I thought you said, I thought you were still on Nadal. No, 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 no. Okay. Nadal is the, the, the master of the French Open. The guy who's won a zillion Grand Slam titles. Nick Kyrgios yes. is the one that's in the targets of all these whiny tennis purists. And I realize it's a global game, but it's not as glo- It's not as on the same level as soccer. I, I watched his match on Wednesday. Yeah. And I will say... He is annoying. <laughs> he is annoying to watch because he, while while we are talking about people whining about him, he whines too. <laughs> like he whines to the officials a lot. I will say though, like tennis kind of needs him right now. Yeah, I keep like, thinking of a guy named McEnroe who like, didn't he do no, the same thing. There's nobody like we've been in tennis. Been talking about the same three guys for. 15 plus years. Like there've been no new, no breakout star in men's tennis in that long. And I wouldn't even call him a breakout star yet. Like maybe this is his moment finally. Uh, But they need somebody like him. Honestly, they need somebody else to talk about. And I get, I mean, I get the concern about the charge that he is to appear in court over. Yes. Uh, That, that, that is completely legitimate. Yes. I get the concern about that, and I'm not looking past that to be clear. But I, he he's giving people a reason at this point, and there there really is no reason, no other reason to talk about it. Absolutely not, and I think it's a double standard because this country was in rapture when I was younger with John McEnroe and Jimmy Connors, both of whom were fiery, had bad tempers, threw Andre, rackets. Andre Agassi when he first started was that way. Yes. And you know what? They were embraced by Americans. And now my Facebook feed is like, what, Nick Kyrgios is a disgrace. Well, no, no. And by the way, it might have been, he might be annoying, but so was McEnroe. And it was compelling television, which kind of led to your point. Tennis needs. Yeah, I mean, they, they honestly, like, they need somebody that's kind of polarizing. Like, I, I think people don't, people... Like you don't have to like him, but like 
having people that are compelling and polarizing in sports, it makes it more entertaining because either love them or hate them. So every every sport's better with a villain, Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady, I, uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Kyrie Irving. I, Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas. I You know, you go baseball, the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, the like Yankees. Everybody, like everybody's got a villain, and it gives people more reason to talk. Um, I, I mean, that's it's kind of helped golf, the live thing this year, because – there's no tiger really and none of the like young stars have really played that well so far in these majors but you've got a uh, villain and it's raising got it's room. got it's raising ratings and yeah, interest it, yeah and it's it's kind of like it's compelling to watch those guys that are going to play and live and see how they do on the weekends in these tournaments and how people react to them and things like that well i'm going to be a villain and uh tell you we're desperately out of time Thanks so much for joining us. Join us next week and every Friday. Like I said, guys, it's football season. Uh, Remember to keep up with us on Twitter uh, for the latest programming updates. Cobras versus Jacksonville tomorrow, Tobacco Road Sports Radio at 7. And also, again, the the high school preview, the uh, schedule reveal is being replayed tomorrow morning at 10 in place of the rundown. So for our producer, Desmond Johnson, my partner, Ryan Stones, J.P. Mundy, hoping you have a great weekend, and we'll see you next Friday on the Franchise Players.